You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. Hallelujah, family. We can rest in our seats at this point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so thankful um, for another opportunity to break the bread of life with everyone. I am thankful for this worship team, for our AV team, for our greeters. Thankful for everyone who is working with our children right now, back in our kids' zone. Um, Pretty soon we will hear the pitter-patter of those feet as they come in with the energy that reminds us that we are loved and that we are cared for by God. And I'm also thankful for a very special group of people, for our youth that were in our lock-in last night. Just lift your hands so we can see you. Lift your hands. Can we give God a hand of praise for each and every one of them? Karina, we thank you and the entire team that, that worked with them and had fun with them and nursed with them. I, I actually have some Nerf ammo in my office that I need to bring to you all and put in the offering basket. So yes, yes. No, I found it somewhere else and I, I said, let me hold on to this. I don't know where this should go, but something tells me I'll find out. And so we thank you for, for leaving the traces of your presence and your joy. Um, because what you have done for us already is you've planted a seed of hope in our minds to remind us of the goodness of God from every level of life, from every age, from every step. God's goodness is real. God's goodness is abundant. God's goodness is what has brought us together. And I believe, I believe just from my life experience that that is a reason to give God a hand of praise. And so if you would just let us thank God for who God is, for the ways that God moves. And Troy and Sydney, just hang with me for a moment as we walk into the words that will guide us today. They come from Matthew, the 13th chapter. They start with verse 18 and, and end with verse 23. And these words read, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what has been sown in their heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet they have no firm root for themselves, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, 
This is the one who hears the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Family, pray with me this morning as we explore the idea of becoming an ecosystem of hope. Becoming an ecosystem of hope. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for the way that grace and mercy reign right now. Thank you, Lord God, that with every breath that we are breathing in and breathing out, our entire being is testifying to your goodness and your presence within us. God, as we walk into this moment together, we ask that you reframe our minds, Lord God, or intensify our understanding, or push us into new horizons of how you have empowered us to become an ecosystem of hope. Help us suspend disbelief in this moment as you remind us of the beauty and the blessing of life in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Becoming an ecosystem of hope. I love reading the parable of the sower. And I love reading the parable of the sower um, because it actually takes me back. Um, I, I know it's probably for many of us a very familiar parable that we've, we've heard in different ways and it's been preached about and turned around and, and, and people dig deep into it. And, but when I hear it, my mind actually goes back to the days of my youth. When I hear the parable of the sower, I think about growing up in the corner of southwest Georgia in Dawson, Georgia, little town of no more than about five, 6,000 people. It's about 20 minutes north of Albany. Albany. Um, it is about an hour and 15 minutes south of Columbus. And one interesting thing about Dawson, it, it is so tucked so well in the corner that one summer, I, I worked a summer job where um, I, I was doing an internship with the Department of Agriculture and we would go and we would oversee irrigation systems in the state of Georgia. Florida and Alabama. It's tucked so tightly in the corner that I would leave home at eight with my supervisor and by five we would have gone to Alabama, we would have gone to Florida, we'd have come back up in South Georgia and then we were back home. That's how tightly tucked in the corner of Southwest Georgia Dawson is. But there's something about this parable that makes me think about home. I think about winter is breaking and my father would grow a garden, just as my next door neighbor would grow a garden. And the neighbor across the street grew a garden. And so everyone is out sowing seeds in their gardens. And so by the time late spring, summer, middle of summer rolls around, everybody has all of, these, all of this fresh food and 
fruit grown in the gardens. I mean, we would exchange collard greens and squash and, 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 and watermelon. And, and there was somebody, like we had some folks who were a little bit more extensive, so there were some black-eyed peas there. So, so we, I mean, you know, everybody had varying levels now. And so what would happen, though, is amongst the community, folks would exchange what they had for something that they didn't have. And so, so, Troy, you mentioned the word earlier. You mentioned the word earlier. You talked about trying to get out of that nihilistic point of view, that point of view where, 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 where we, can, we can miss the, the, the cords of hope that are being spoken. So, see, and I'm, I'm, I'm using this story to describe the community I grew up in because one of the ways that we combated nihilism was to simply be there for one another in ways where we were part of people's spiritual need, we were part of one another's physical needs, we were part of one another's emotional needs. We, we didn't see family just as the people with whom we shared our last name. We didn't see family simply as the people with whom we shared the same bloodline. We saw family as a human being who was living and breathing, living right beside us. And I believe that's what drove us to make those exchanges after the seed had birthed what the, the harvest that was in our gardens. And so when I hear this parable, I can't help but think back to the days of my youth. But at the same time when I hear this parable, I also recognize it as what I like to call a, a story of supreme spiritual significance. In, in many ways, this parable serves as a masterclass on the way the word of God or words inspired by God can impact our spiritual growth, the way the words inspired by God or the word of God can impact our perceptions of self, the ways that the word of God or words inspired by God can impact the way we, we see ourselves as, as interconnecting with others in the world. When I hear this parable and I hear Jesus speaking of the ways that the word is sometimes received and the ways that sometimes the word falls on ground and it doesn't take root, the ways that, that the word is, is sown but because hearts and minds can be like thorny ground so it's trying to take root but it doesn't fully manifest and then there are times when the word is sown on good ground where it reaps a harvest sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes sixtyfold, sometimes thirtyfold. Now, now, one of the things, when I, as I've looked at this scripture over the years, that dawns on me is that in one way, the parable of the sword describes the way different types of people receive the word as a soul. But as a closer look, I've thought to myself sometimes, you know what? Sometimes I would say I've been that good ground, but sometimes I think I've been the thorny ground too. And there are times when I've been the rocky soil. 
And there are times where I had the joy and immediately the joy was stolen by something that caught my attention and took my focus off the goodness of God manifesting. And so one of the things I love about this text is this is one of those texts that can very easily be one that can throw us into that judgmental state where we say, oh, that's not me. Oh, that's not mine. Oh, I'm not picking it up because that one doesn't belong to me. But um, I, I, I assert this morning, sometimes we're all of that. And I don't mean all of that like, <laughs> you know, like the version of, oh, I'm all that. No, sometimes we're all of the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs and, and the beauty and the banality and the, and the joy and the struggle. Sometimes we're all of that. But I encourage us this morning with all that we can to embrace the idea that though we can be all of that, that indeed each of us were put here to live a life of being good ground. Good ground. Despite the struggles, despite the trials, despite the doubts, despite the naysayers, we've been put here to be good ground. Maybe because of the struggles, maybe because of the trials, maybe because of the doubts, maybe because of the naysayers, we are actually put here to be good ground. You see, another thing I love about this analogy of the seed being the word of God and the good ground or all of the types of grounds representing our human consciousness is that it allows us to have a reality check moment. All right? Can we have a reality check moment for a second? Okay. By a show of hands... Oh, I love that. You're like, oh, you really mean like a reality check for real? All right, all right. It's, it's, it's a safe space, though. It's, it's okay. It's a safe space. And, and I have to admit, you know, 16 years of working in the classroom and working with teachers, like those pop quiz moments will just come up. So please forgive me sometimes when they come up because I, I'm, I'm, yeah, just show me a little grace. Show me a little grace. Okay. All right. Okay. How many of us have an element of our life where we are supremely confident that we can get it done? We're so supremely confident that we can get it done. Now here's where I go from a query to meddling just a little bit. We're so supremely confident that we can get it done that when it comes to doing, doing it, we don't even stop to pray to ask God to give us the strength. <laughs> Okay, now how many of us have certain things where when we assess it, we know we could actually get it done, but because it's not necessarily our area or our thing when it comes up and we know we could get it done, we're a little hesitant about being the one who has the pressure of getting it done. <laughs> okay, how many of us have that thing where it's like, no way, no how, I'm not raising my hand, don't volunteer me. If you volunteer me, I'm going to volunteer you to stop because I'm not doing it. 
But here's the amazing thing. That quick, was that a safe space of, okay, 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 good, 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 good. So, all of us have these movements in life where there's a supreme confidence that stirs up that yes, I know God is with me and we're so certain that God is with us that I'm, I'm going to even say that, that that move of not even praying about it might even come from the fact that God's been with us so many times that we trust God to such a degree that when it comes up, we just go and we do it. We know we've been gifted to do it. We know we've been shaped to do it. We know we've been formed to do it. There's no need to even like go with the back and forth of can it get done. That spirit, the spirit stirs up in us. It's time to get it done and we run and we go do it. And that is a beautiful part of our testimony. But also we can recognize that there are going to be moments where it's just not as easy. There are going to be moments where it feels more difficult. And in those moments, I want to encourage us to recognize that because of life in Christ, that there is an experience of love and faith and yes, hope that can empower us to be who God has called us to be, even though we have moments of shakiness, even though we have moments of struggle, even though we have moments of questioning, is this the space for us? Is this the space for me? There is a hope that lives inside of our being that can help us not only be individual dispensations of hope, but we can be an entire ecosystem of hope. And I'm not talking about hope, that's wishful thinking. I'm not talking about a wing and a prayer kind of hope. I'm not talking about the kind of hope where, where we would say, oh man, we were just lucky. No, I'm not talking about that kind of hope. I'm talking about the kind of hope that our Greek biblical scholars describe as pistis. A hope that is so ingrained in the core of our being, a hope that is so close to the depth of our souls, a hope that is as close as breathing that empowers us to believe that God can and God will and God is moving. See, that's the kind of hope that I know was walking with my grandmother when she was raising 10 children in the Jim Crow South all on her own because my grandfather had passed due to a stroke. I'm talking about the kind of hope that, 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 touched, my, that touched my father's mother and, and my father's grandmother as she had to then take on raising six other children after both her daughter and her son in law passed and that same hope was inside of my father as he decided I'm going to be that person who steps in and lives as a father figure for my siblings although I'm only 19 and I just really would want to just live my life but I know that God needs me to step in to be living hope and God has empowered me to be living hope and God has empowered me to be an expression of hope and so what I'd like for us to do in this moment is to have a thought experiment regarding ecosystems of hope. If we can for a moment, let us trust the process, 
And could we close our eyes? And as we close our eyes and we relax and breathe in, I'd love for all of us to picture someone who spoke or has spoken hope or encouragement into our lives. A friend, a parent, a grandparent, a stranger, a mentor, a confidant. Picture their face, hear their voice speaking hope into our lives. Recall how you felt, how you feel when you are in their presence. Recall the ways that they have been peace for you. Recall the ways that they have lifted you. Recall the ways that they have spoken life into your life. Recall the ways that they have reminded you that you are precious and you are sacred and you are whole and you are beautiful just as God has made you. Recall the ways that they have been there for you. And now, open your eyes. Look around the room once more. As we look around the room, we are looking at multiple people who have experienced what it's like to be a part of an ecosystem of hope. An ecosystem of hope where there are those who speak life into our lives. An ecosystem of hope where there are those who pray for us. An ecosystem of hope where there are those who simply know how to sit with us. And if you could not think of someone who was that person for you, we as a church family, whether you are in our online community or whether you're right here, let us be that for you. You are love, you are loved, you are light, you are called to emit light, you are hope, you are called, we are called to be an ecosystem of hope. And why, why focus on this concept of ecosystem? When we think about ecosystems, ecosystems are places where living beings are gathered together and they thrive and they live and they experience life really in what ways that I think as, as, as science continues to unveil, ways that I would really call symbiotic more so than complementary. If we were to look at root systems and in, 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 in flora and fauna ecosystems, if we go deep beneath the ground, what the geologists tell us, what the botanists tell us is that the roots that are beneath the ground are not separate and disconnected, but the roots are interconnected. And that the reason why the trees stand when the storms come is because it's not simply one tree by itself, but it's all of these trees that are interconnected in this deep root system that is running down into and being fed and feeding off of the waters beneath the surface of the ground. And the reason why they sway and they sway, but they don't always fall, it's because the roots of the trees next to them and the roots of the trees 50 yards away and the roots of the trees and the, bu and the bushes and the plants that occupy the entire ecosystem are making one another strong. 
holding one another together, reminding one another that there is life and life more abundant when we come together bound by love. You see, for me, the metaphor is this. The metaphor is this. I know because we're still in the pandemic season, there's one kind of thing I won't ask you to do, but I'd love for you to visualize it. Just imagine if all of our hands were interconnected across this sanctuary right now. Hands interconnected across this sanctuary. And if you can, in your mind's eye, think about what roots look like when they're interconnected. I don't think we would find much difference between the roots interconnected and hands interconnected. If all of our hands were interconnected right now and someone came and pushed up against one end of the connection, we might sway, but we wouldn't fall. We might rock and we might roll a little bit, but we would bounce right back up. This is why ecosystems of hope are needed. This is why ecosystems of hope are called for. This is why ecosystems of hope are meant to be our testimony as part of the body of Christ. You see, I don't have us look around the room just out of, you know, it being a good way to, to make sure there's congregational participation in the sermon. When we look across this sanctuary, I dare say that the Holy Spirit is pricking our hearts about divine connections. When we look across this sanctuary and we see that individual who catches our eye, and we're like, hmm, I wonder what their story is like. Hmm, something about them draws me to them. Hmm, they remind me of, and I know sometimes those they remind me moments can be a little touchy, but, but, but they remind me of, family, what would happen if we took the opportunity to have the conversation with a stranger or a familiar stranger whose face we see but we haven't had the conversation? I wonder what would happen if we crossed the event horizon to see that the reason why God has been stirring up that unction that says, simply have the conversation. I wonder if we might walk into some of those hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold moments of God's presence magnifying in our lives because of one conversation that we had in this ecosystem of hope. What if, what if part of the reason God has stirred us up to have the conversation is because, not because that person is the answer to our prayers, but what if we're the answer to their prayers? What if we're the answer to their prayer for, God, I just need somebody to see me. God, I just need somebody to hear me. God, I, I, I just need somebody to, to, to be in my presence so that I can know that I am loved. 
God, I, 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 just, I just need to talk to somebody. I, I mean, I don't even want to ask anybody for anything. I just need to know that I am known. I just need to know that I am cared for. I just need to know, God, I hear, I hear these words about me being whole and about me being okay, but, but I need something tangible other than these thoughts in my mind to be the physical manifestation to say that no, all is actually well because you live in an ecosystem of hope where there are those who will pray for you. There are those who will walk with you. There are those who will lift you up. There are those who will speak life into your life. And, and, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Family, the reason it's important that we do that in here is because if we want that to be our testimony out there, how can it be our testimony out there if we don't fully and creatively and, 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 and in ways that, that God will expand the margins? If we do it in here, if it's our practice in here, oh my goodness, it'll multiply out there. It's like this. All right. Now, I'm going to meddle a bit, but nobody has to raise their hands. Okay. Oh, goodness. I might need somebody to raise their hands on this one. Okay, but you won't have to tell on yourself with, with this, okay? So, so it's a safe space still, safe space. How many times have we seen a group of people and part of the reason we chose not to connect with that group of people was because we saw how they treated one another. <laughs> we saw that, okay, they said they were one way, but they're not treating each other like that. So if I see that, why should I be a part of that? grouping of people because that doesn't look like an ecosystem of hope. It doesn't look like an ecosystem of love. It doesn't look like an ecosystem of community. It looks like an ecosystem of chaos. It looks like an ecosystem of backbiting. It looks like an ecosystem of manipulation. I want no parts of that story. But how many times have we found the Spirit drawing us into circumstances where to our divine surprise we found ourselves experiencing a love, a, a sense of encouragement, a sense of empowerment beyond measure. Because when we walked in the room, the people really were who they said they were. The, the, the love that we thought we saw, it really was existent. The encouragement, it was coming in waves. The hope was present and it was real and it was palpable and it was deep and it was transformative and we were thankful that we simply said yes to that move of the Spirit and walked in the room and simply said hello and our lives transformed. Family, we're called. We are called to be that space. 
We are called to be that space where the love of God flows through us in such a palpable and profound way, where the peace of God flows through us in such a transformative and life-giving way, where the Spirit of God captures our hearts, our, and our imaginations, our, our will, our intent in such a way that we live as an ecosystem of hope, not wishful thinking, not, oh, I hope we're lucky enough to see it happen, <laughs> not, oh my goodness, the one in a million thing happened here, but I'm talking about hope synonymous with breathing, hope synonymous with thinking, hope synonymous with doing, hope synonymous with the fact that we have shown up so that the Spirit of God can move in ways where we experience not simply receiving blessings beyond everything we can ask, imagine, or think, but we show up as the blessing that blesses people's lives beyond anything they can ask, imagine, or think simply because we live into the gift of being an ecosystem of hope. And family, that is the word of God for the people of God. And let us all say, thanks be to God. But can I add a caveat to it? As we say thanks be to God, I simply ask that we recognize that the word of God for the people of God truly manifests when we suspend disbelief, look to the left, look to the right, hold hands, stand up together, and become an ecosystem of hope. That is my story for today, and I'm sticking to it. God bless you. Good morning, Eastside. My name is Brooke Vore, and I have been invited to lead us in the prayers of the people this morning. At times, you'll hear me say, Lord, in your mercy, and you are invited to respond, Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are a God of hospitality. There is none like you that invites all to come to you. You have invited all to your home, to your table, and to your arms. Lord, would that be all, Lord, would that all would hear the, and receive this good news. Help us to remember that no one is better than anyone else in your kingdom, and then help us to treat each other the way that you treat us. Generous God, because you treat us with your tender love, we take time to pray for our friends, family members, and others who need you more than ever. Pour out your healing on all to need it. Be generous with your transforming love for those who need it in their lives. Bring forth your reconciliation in families and every place that it is needed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
Gifting God, you gift us the gifts of the Spirit to use to further your kingdom and to be the body of Christ in this world. Empower us to continue to be your hands and feet and to continue the work that needs to be done here and in so many other places. God, you are the refuge of wanderers and exiles, parents of the homeless. You weep with those who are uprooted from their homeland and you suffer with those who exist without shelter and security. Grant that your faithful love may reach out and that your healing mercy rise like the dawn on all who are oppressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. There is none like you, God, in your love, your generosity, your gifting, and your hospitality. And we thank you that you are in our lives, working in us and through us to let people know that your kingdom is open to all. In the name of your son who opened the door for all and broke down barriers that kept people away from you, we pray, amen. I now invite you into a moment of silent prayer and confession. Hear the good news. Christ died for us when we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. So I have been waiting for this moment since we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So in the moment of benediction today, we want to do both a blessing of the book bags and a blessing of the children who will be carrying book bags to school. And so in this moment, if we could bring, if our children and our youth could come forward, come down to the front of the sanctuary, and the age does not matter. We want the elementary, the middle, and the high schoolers to come on down, come down front. Either bring yourself and your book bag, or just yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So now there's another special group. There's another special group that has to come down. We cannot have children and book bags without our educators. So if we have any educators, would you please come down front as well? at all levels, educators at all levels. All levels from elementary to middle to high school to any of our collegiate educators, please come down. We'd love for you to be here as a part of this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in this moment, what we are having is a blessing of the book bags, a blessing of the carriers of the book bags, and a blessing of those who educate those who carry the book bags. <laughs> and so in that spirit, family, would you please extend your hands and your hearts towards these beautiful emanations of God 
And Lord, as we come to you in this moment of benediction, in this moment of blessing, we ask that this school year be one of the most amazing of everyone's life. We ask, Lord God, that there be enlightenment and growth and joy and experiences of divine community, even in the classroom. Lord, bless our children in their extracurricular activities. Bless them as they as they pursue the gifts that you placed inside of them, Lord God. Bless them in ways where they are lights, where they are, where they are hope, where they are encouragement, where they confidently and boldly live into their gifts. Lord, and in the name of Jesus, bless every educator who's gathered here. Give them the strength, the patience, the compassion, the, the just the fire, the energy that they need to be the spark of life that lights a spark of light in those who have come to learn and so God as you bless them help us to support them to love them to be who you have called us all to be for them we ask Lord God one more thing that you bless and protect everyone gathered here that you shine your face upon them and be gracious to them show them your favor and give them peace we're thankful that you placed your name upon each and every one of them Lord God and send them forth to be a blessing for this world in the name of Jesus we pray Amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Let's go in peace and go in love. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.